Last week, uh, I touched on uh, sort of the the role that our uh, thirty days of prayer plays in, in the life of, of our church over the course of the year, and looked at the not saying it's the same, but just looking at the the feasts and festivals of the Old Testament year, and and how it kind of plays a similar role in our year together. And a part of that, uh, part of what the feast did, um, it required something of them every time they came. Uh, they either had to bring animals to sacrifice or grain to sacrifice or, um, you know, it, it cost them time uh, to get there and travel expenses. And it was, um, you know, a week or so when they would not work and different things. And so there was a there was a cost involved. It required something. But... Um, what it required of them was just minute compared to the blessings of those festivals and, and what God did there for them. And, and looked at our journey over this month and kind of, kind of the same thing, how any time, uh, you know, with a kind of emphasis like this, it's going to require some things of us. Uh, it's going to take our time. It's going to take its toll uh, emotionally and spiritually with some of the things we're going to be praying through, but how it's just so worth it. I mean, that's so much of how uh, God works. Um, and a part of those festivals was it was, it was to commemorate something, to commemorate um, who God is, and, but specifically the things that he had done in their past. It was a way to celebrate and, and to never forget and to bring that back to, the, to just the front of their minds and for them to be able to teach their kids about it and to tell the stories and how it's always reliving and never forgetting what God had done in their past. And I know that, you know, communion kind of has that same effect for us. You know, it brings, it brings the cross just right up, up front and center for us. Um, and, and, you know, in all honesty, I, I think all of us struggle with, with keeping it there. You don't ever want it to leave just you know you want to live that cross centered life but sometimes it's it's difficult to do and so there's something about communion that kind of gets you back to center um and so you know part of this this journey we're you know over the 30 days we're we're reading scripture we're praying and it's for one another uh and it's you know for ourselves but also just for communally what's going on and so in Acts 2, we see that they, were, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which to us would be the scriptures, to prayer, and uh, to the fellowship. But the fourth thing that's in there, it, it says the breaking of bread. And a lot of times people think that means that they were devoted to eating, which is fine, but uh, that's not necessarily what that means. Um, you just read New Testament scholars, and they just are all pretty much in agreement that every time the New Testament church got together, they... They took the Lord's Supper. I mean, they had watched Jesus. They'd followed him for, you know, about three years, and they watched him. Uh, you know, they sat in that upper room and watched him fulfill what the Passover meal was about. You know, they're taking this meal, and it's symbolic of all these things God had done in the past. And what Jesus basically did said, "Say, hey, everything he did in the past. Well, I'm I'm the reason why that happened. Like, I'm the fulfillment of all that." And he. He didn't redefine the Passover meal. He completed the Passover meal. So they had followed him, and they watched him do that. 
And he said, every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And they watched him get betrayed and arrested and put on trial and tortured and killed. And then he shows up alive again, and he hung around for 40 days, and they watched him commission them, go up into the sky, and then saw the Spirit come, and all of a sudden they're full of life and empowered by the Spirit of God for the first time, and they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and prayer and the fellowship and the breaking of bread. And so here we are on a, for a whole month doing three of those four things every day. But in reality, it's like those three things, like the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper, the cross, it's like the tray that those three things sit in. Because without the breaking of bread, without the cross, there is no prayer and there's no fellowship and there's no apostles' teaching. Those don't exist without what we do here tonight. And so this 30-day journey is, you know, empowered by the cross Every day of our entire lives is the same thing. And what we do here tonight, um, it's, it's representative of what we need every day. And it's more than just commemorative. You know, those festivals, they were commemorating what God had done. And it was communal and it taught them some other stuff. But the Lord's Supper is more than just uh, a memorial meal. Um, there's something incredible that happens. In Matthew 11, I think it's a... It gives us like a great sense of just such the heart of Christ. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. You're probably familiar with this verse, maybe. He um, says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart." And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And here's Jesus and he's talking to people whose entire culture and especially the religious um, like framework was all about like keeping the rules and trying really hard. And so they had taken the Ten Commandments from the Old Testament which we've talked about in previous months. I mean, you basically summed up with love God, you know, love what's important to God, which would be people. I mean, they took those laws, and they kept adding laws and adding laws, and they had hundreds and hundreds of these rules. And so Jesus is addressing people who are literally burdened by their, like, religious framework, by their beliefs. And we probably all know people who, I mean, you would think that Christianity was the biggest burden ever to them, you know. But more than that, we just live in a world where you get what you earn or you get what you deserve. And there's this this sense of always trying to be better and trying to be whatever. And then we tend to like project that onto God and always feel like we're, we're having to earn his approval and earn his favor and earn and earn and earn and earn. And so Jesus is addressing a Jewish audience, but maybe it's not really that different than, than us here today. And even if you're like a Christian, you're like, no, I'm saved by grace. Sometimes we still shift into that mode of trying to work so hard, trying to work so hard and be good and do right and all those kinds of things. And so here Jesus comes into this audience that's just burdened and stressed and whatever, and he says, come to me. 
if you're weary and if you're heavy laden. It says, and I'll give you rest. I mean, it was what a, what a soothing verse. I mean, for some of you, probably, as soon as I read it a minute ago, it probably just was like a warm blanket over you, you know. There's just something so peaceful about those words. And the reason why it's peaceful, because it's true. I mean, that's, it's real. That's why we connect with it so much. When he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know, the, the yoke, if you put the two animals in, um, it was an instrument of work. And it was kind of one of those things where people associated Judaism with the yoke. Like it was burdensome, it was work, it was, uh, it was all that stuff. Jesus says, if you want to wear a yoke, take my yoke. Mine is the yoke that you want to be in. He invites us into his life. He says, come to me. And when he says, take my yoke upon you, he's really saying, come to me and get into this yoke with me. Come and be a part of me. You'll find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, come and be a part of me. And so when we take part in the meal together, it's not solely commemorative. We're not just remembering what he's done. There's, there's something active that happens for us. And so um, what I want us to do tonight, and if this is your first time to take communion with us at the ring, we like to take our time and not rush things. And so we're going to do that. Um, but there, I, I think there are two things that, that I believe that the Lord has for us tonight. Um, and it's, it's kind of the, the spirit of, of those verses, of, of come and receive. Come to me and receive rest. And if this table is a table of grace, by coming to the table, you're basically saying what Jesus is trying to get this audience to realize. You're saying, I, I can't do this on my own. If you're not a Christian and you're trying, trying, trying to get to God, you can't do it on your own. If you are a Christian, and you've reverted back to that you know, self-driven whatever, um, you can't do it. And if you have been abiding 24-7 since you got saved, you still can't do it. It has nothing to do with your performance. So Jesus says, come to those who are followers of Christ and to those who are not. He's just, you just come. And so by approaching the table of grace, you're saying, I can't do this on my own. I need, I need to come to Jesus. So he says, come, and you say, okay. So when you leave your chair and you go that way and you come to this table, you're saying, okay, to Jesus' invitation to come. And so you come by and you get the, the juice and you get the bread and you go back and you sit down. And we're going to let everybody go through. And once everybody's seated, we're going to take the meal together. And so Jesus has said, come, and you said, okay. And now like when, when we eat the bread and we drink the juice, we're symbolically like, receiving the grace that Jesus offers to us of his body and his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. That we have died with him 
We've been buried with him and we've been raised to walk in new life. Like we've been singing, we've been rescued by the giver of life. And so there's two things and two actions involved tonight. One is that you, he says, come, you say, okay, you come to the table. And then as we all take together, we're, we're literally receiving the, the grace of Christ. Jesus says, do you want my grace? And we say, yes, and we take it. I don't think that it becomes something else. I don't think there's anything like that that goes on. I think it's symbolic, but there's something about putting physical action with what's going on inside of us that just makes it real to us. It makes it tangible. And I know this, there's plenty of us in this room who need what's about to happen. We need to be recentered. We need to sync back up with what's important. We need to hear Jesus say, come to me, and we need to say, okay. And we need him to say, do you want my grace? And we need to say, yes, and we need to take that in tonight. It's, it's beautiful to think about this table and the grace that it represents the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we'll take together tonight. So here's, here's how we're going to do this. Uh, in a second, I'm going to pray, and we're going to just take our time. Uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 11 that we should, we should do an examination before we partake of things. Now let me, let me explain what I think that means. I don't think it means you have to get perfect before you come up here. Because the verse says... Let a man examine himself then, and in so doing, you approach the table. Sometimes we need to examine ourselves and realize, like, man, there's some dark parts of me right now. I need to say yes to his invitation, and I need to approach the table. I need to receive grace. You don't have to get perfect before you come up here. For some, there's some reconciliation that needs to happen, and for some, you're going to feel led to not come. Or you're going to feel led to step outside and make a phone call and apologize to somebody or whatever. It happens almost every time. For some, you're going to feel that stir to do that tonight after you take it. So we're going to give you time to reflect and to pray and to get to the point where you feel like it's time for you to come, regardless of your quote-unquote performance. You come and you approach the table and you get the stuff. And you go and you sit down and um, you just reflect on whatever. And then when everybody's gone, um, we're going to uh, take the supper together and then we're going to sing some more. Okay? So let me, let me pray for us now. Jesus, we're grateful for your um, invitation. That you just tell us to come. You don't say, hey, go get all your stuff straight and make sure you're perfect and then come. You just tell us to come, just like we are. And we know that with that, you're saying, hey, look, don't expect to stay like you are, but I want you to come just like you are and let me make you into my image. And so we acknowledge the fact that responding to your invitation is is the first of many steps And so for those here tonight, those of us who have have been following you and we have accepted you as our Savior, we have acknowledged our need for a Redeemer. 
pray that tonight we would all see our need for continual grace. That every moment of every day, you're saying come, and we need to be saying, okay, okay, okay. I need you, I need you, I need you. And that you're continually offering us that grace, and we should continually be receiving it as well. That the meal we take tonight should be symbolic of the way our lives are lived. And for those tonight who are not Christians, who are not um, who have not looked to you as Savior and as Lord, I pray that that you would just deal with hearts tonight. That you would just reveal the truth of how good and beautiful you are. And that it's not about religion and rules and all that. But you created us all in your image, and you came to restore that image in us through a real, actual relationship. So, Father, tonight as we examine our hearts and our minds, I just pray that your will would be done. There would not be a spirit of uh, performance here tonight. That regardless of how how good we think we've been or how bad we think we've been, we would just look to your grace that is steadily offered to every one of us. And that we would hear you say, come, and we would say, okay. And we would hear you say, do you want my grace? And we would say, yes, I receive it.